Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back with you again. Certainly did miss you and appreciate you all being here today. Looking forward to worshiping God together again. If you have your Bible with you, will you take it out? Go into your Old Testament with me this morning to the book of Judges. Will you go into your Bible to Judges chapter 13? Judges chapter 13 in your Old Testament. It is no big secret. It's no big secret that in the Jeffrey's household, we love superheroes. We really love superheroes. We love DC superheroes. We love Marvel superheroes. We love Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, Black Panther, WandaVision. We, we love them all. We love all kinds of superheroes in our family. And if there was one particular man in the Bible who was pretty close to what we would call a superhero, then I guess you could say that it was the person that we're going to talk about this morning. I guess you could say that it was the person who, in the time of the Old Testament, actually killed a lion with his bare hands and, and he stole honey from bees. It was the person who came up with random riddles. And he killed 30 men because they were able to find a way to solve his riddles. It was the person who was able to catch foxes and break chains and lift up the gates of cities and carry them to the top of mountains. It was the person who at one time killed a thousand trained soldiers with just the jawbone of a donkey and with great strength, he was able to collapse an entire Colosseum that contained thousands and thousands of people. Believe it or not, but there is a man in the Bible who did those kinds of things in his life. And I'm pretty sure that our young people especially know exactly who I'm referring to, right? I'm pretty sure that our young people especially know that the person that I am describing this morning is called in the Bible, Samson. Samson, you know, from the time our kids are very small as parents, we start telling them about Samson, don't we? We start telling them about his supernatural physical strength. We start telling them about his long hair and about the wicked and immoral relationship he had with a woman named Delilah. We even start telling them about the numerous battles he, he, he won against the arch rivals of the Israelites during that time, and that was the Philistines. From the time our kids are, are very small, we start telling them these kinds of things about Samson. But the question is, is that all there is to his story? Is that all that God wants us to talk about today? When we consider the life of this man named Samson, I want to emphasize to you this morning that it is, it is not. It is not at all. You see, in addition to talking about his supernatural strength and his long, beautiful hair and his relationship with, with Delilah, there, there are just so many other things that God wants us to consider from his story. There's just so many other things that God wants us to highlight 
and even teach our children about this very famous Bible character. For example, one of the things, one of the facts that is often overlooked when it comes to the story of Samson is number one, so often it is forgotten that Samson was born during a dark time. He was born during a very dark time in the history of Israel. He was actually born during the time of the judges. He was actually born during a time when God's people needed deliverers or warriors to rescue them from their enemies. I'm reminded of what the Bible tells us about the time of the judges in Judges 21 and verse number 25. You're probably familiar with this verse. Remember in Judges 21 and verse 25, the Bible says in those days, in the days of the judges, there was no king, there was no Saul, no David, no Solomon. There was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Doesn't that remind you of a society today? Doesn't that remind you of our society today? People defining what, what morality is in their own eyes. That's the kind of world that Samson was born into. And that's the kind of world that a lot of children are being born into today. I want you to put that what you find in Judges 13. You in Judges 13, look at verse number one. When introducing us to the story of Samson, the Bible says, now the sons of Israel again, notice that word again, the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Notice carefully the kind of world that Samson was born into. Notice carefully how, according to this verse, Samson was not born into a world where the people of Israel were faithfully serving God. He, he, he wasn't born into a world where the people of Israel were sticking close to God and trusting God and doing their best to obey the law of God. Instead, this verse tells us that Samson was born during a time when the people of Israel again were doing evil in the sight of the Lord. He was born during a time when, when Israel was rebelling against God, when God was allowing them to suffer at the hands of their enemies because they were not being his, his holy and righteous people. That's the kind of world that Samson was born, born into. He was born during a very dark time, during the darkest time in the history of Israel, during the time of the judges. And then the second thing that is often overlooked is even though he was born during these dark times, his birth, his birth was a gift. His birth was actually a gift from God during this time. When Israel was going through this continual cycle of disobedience to God, God decided to give them a gift. God decided to give them a warrior. He decided to give them a deliverer. He decided to give them somebody who would rise up and fight for them and save them for, from their enemies. Samson's birth was a gift from from God, and for us to really be able to appreciate that, I think it is important that we pause for a moment or two and just rehearse the cycle that repeats itself throughout the time of the judges. Do you by any chance remember the cycle that repeats itself for about 300 years during the time of the judges? Do you remember that? Remember, it all starts with sin. Israel would sin. Israel would 
immerse themselves in wicked and lawless behavior. They would take on the wicked and corrupt morals of the heathen nations around them. Instead of wiping out the rest of the Canaanites like God told them to, they would start worshiping with them. They would start mingling with them. They would start intermarrying with them and associating with them. They would get deep into idolatry and all sorts of other kinds of sin. And as a result of their sins, God would allow them to suffer. God would allow the heathen nations on their borders to rise up and oppress them. Remember, that's exactly what the Philistines are doing, according to verse number one in chapter 13, right? Israel would sin and they would suffer as a result. And while suffering, they would do like a lot of people do today when they start suffering. They would then feel sorry. They would feel sorry for their actions. In their low moments, they would remember God. They would pray to God, repent, beg God to remember them and forgive them for their sins and deliver them from their enemies. And God being the merciful, loving, and great God that he is, you know what he would do? He would hear their prayer. He would hear their call for deliverance and he would deliver them. He would save them. He would save them by raising up a judge to fight for them and rescue them. This is the cycle. This is the cycle that repeats itself for about 300 years during the time of the judges. During the time of the judges, Israel would sin. They would suffer. They would feel sorry for their actions and they would call upon God to save them and God would save them through the use of a judge. In fact, this man we're talking about this morning, Samson, he was one of those judges. He was one of the warriors that God used to deliver his people from their oppression. Are you still in Judges chapter 13? Look with me at verse number two. Let's go to verse number two. After telling us about how the Lord gave the Israelites into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years because of their sins. In verse number two, it says there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites. He's from the tribe of Dan whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had bore no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, now you are barren and have bore no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Now therefore be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing, for behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And no razor shall come upon his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. He shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. I want you to notice how in addition to telling us about, about how Samson's birth was a gift and how he was born during very dark times, a third thing that is often forgot about Samson's story is the fact that God wanted him to live a very special life. He wanted him to live a very special life under a very special vow, the Nazarite vow. The Nazarite vow. The Nazarite vow is something that we can read about in Numbers chapter 6. We don't have time to rehearse all that Numbers chapter 6 says about the Nazarite vow this morning, but for now just understand that those who were under the Nazarite vow, 
We're dedicated to the service of God from birth. They were dedicated from, to the service of God from the time they entered into the world. That entailed them not cutting their hair. They could not cut their hair. They had to abstain from the fruit of the vine in all forms, and they were not to have any contact with the dead. Samson was under the Nazarite vow. Samson was to be dedicated to the Lord from the time he was born. From the time of his birth, the Lord had high expectations for him. But even though the Lord had high expectations for him, and even though he had incredible strength, another thing we need to understand about Samson is he wasn't a superhero. Contrary to what a lot of folks may think, contrary to what our kids may think about Samson, Samson was not a superhero. Let me ask you something. How do you think Samson, how do you think Samson would look if he was alive today and we came across him here in, in, in the valley? How do you think Samson would look? Picture this in your mind. How do you think Samson would look if he was a member of this congregation, if he was sitting in the pew this morning? Do you think, do you think that he would look like some big NFL linebacker? Do, do, do you think that he would look like some big bodybuilder? Do you think that he would look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime? Do you think that he would look like The Rock? Maybe somebody like that. Is that what you think? I want to suggest that contrary to what a lot of people think, based on what we read in the Bible, Samson, Samson probably would not have looked like that at all. He wouldn't have looked like some big bodybuilder. He wouldn't have looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime or, or, or The Rock. Instead, you know what he would have looked like? He probably would have looked a lot like us. He probably would have looked like some average Joe walking down the street. You see, contrary to what a lot of people think, Samson was, was not some, some big bodybuilder, some guy who got strong because he lifted a bunch of weights. He wasn't a superhero. He wasn't Superman. He wasn't Spider-Man. He wasn't Thor. He didn't have some kind of magical hair that gave him superhuman strength. Instead, according to the Bible, Samson's strength came from the Lord. It came from God. God was the source of his strength. God was the reason why he was able to kill a lion with his bare hand. God was the reason why he was able to carry gates to the top of mountains. God was the reason why he was able to break out of chains and why he was able to kill a thousand soldiers with just the jawbone of a donkey. Samson did not get strong because he worked out and lifted a bunch of weights. Instead, he was strong because he had the Lord with him. He had the spirit of God upon him. We don't have time to read these verses right here, okay? But I want you to write them down. Go home and read them, please. These verses I got right by the point, Judges 13, 14, and 15. If you go home and read those verses, you're going to see that every time or before Samson did something extraordinary, before he killed a lion with his bare hands, before he killed a thousand soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey, before he broke out of chains and carried gates, the gates of cities to the top of mountains, the Bible says the same thing over and over again. 
The Bible consistently says that before he did those things, the spirit of God came upon him. The spirit of God came upon him every single time. That language is emphasized to us over and over again because the Holy Spirit wants us to understand the source of his strength. He wants us to understand that Samson wasn't strong because he was just some great warrior who trained a lot and worked out a lot. Instead, he was strong because of God. God was the one who gave him strength whenever he needed it. He was a strong man because of the Lord, but even though he was a strong man, we need to also understand that he had a weakness. He was a strong man who had a very serious weakness. In fact, his weakness is the same weakness, was the same weakness that a lot of men have today. And you know what that is, don't you? It's women. It's women specifically. In Samson's case, he had a weakness for committing sexual immorality with Philistine women. He didn't like his own Hebrew women. It was something about them Philistine women that caught his eye. He really liked those Philistine women. In fact, there was one particular Philistine woman who led to his downfall. And you're probably very familiar with who that is, aren't you? Who was it? It was Delilah. You see, through the help of Delilah, the Philistines were able to tempt Samson to commit more sexual immorality. And eventually they discovered the truth about his Nazarite vow. They knew he had a weakness for their women. They knew he had a weakness for Philistine women. They knew that if the right Philistine woman came along, if she pressed him enough, eventually she could find out some information that they were seeking. They wanted to know the source of his strength. And so look at a few verses. Look at Judges 14. We're going to Judges 14 And the Bible says this in Judges 14. It says, then Samson went down to Timnah and he saw a woman in Timnah. This is not Delilah here. This is another Philistine woman. He saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. So he came back and he told his father and his mother. He says, I saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. Therefore, get her for me as a wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, is there no woman among the daughters of your relatives? Or among all our people that you would take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? They don't like this. But Samson said to his father, get her for me. For she what? She looks good to me. She looks good for him. Samson was all about looks. You see that? However, his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord. God's working providentially here. He's going to use evil for good. It was of the Lord, for he was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. Now, at that time, the Philistines were ruling over Israel. What I just want you to see there is Samson started very early liking Philistine women. and His parents did not like that. They tried to advise him against that. Now, go to Judges chapter, chapter 16. Judges 16 now, please. In Judges 16, we read about the occasion when the Philistines are going to hire Delilah. They're going to hire her to build a relationship with Samson, commit sexual immorality with him, and eventually try to find out the source of his strength. And Delilah tries to press him. She tries to prod him quite a bit. And every time she does that, Samson lies to her. He initially will not break his vow with God. 
In verse 7, he says, well, the source of my strength is if you bind me with seven fresh cords that have not been dried, then I'll become weak like any other man. In verse 11, he says, tie me with new ropes. They have never been used. Then I'll become weak. Verse number 13, he says, weave seven locks of my hair with the web and fasten it with the pen, and I will become weak like any other man. So he's constantly lying to her uh, about these different things that if she does them, he'll lose his strength. And I don't know about you, but to me, Samson doesn't appear to be the brightest guy because after the first time I wake up and see I'm all tied up here by this woman and I told her that that's the key to my strength, I think I would have dropped her like a bad habit. She'd been gone a long time ago. But Samson, evidently, he, he, he wants to hang on to her, okay? And that's going to be his downfall. So look at verse 15. Now, men, watch this right here because you probably can relate to this. Verse 15, she said to him, how can you say I love you? We're always in trouble when the woman says that. How can you say I, I love you when your heart is not with me? You've deceived me these three times and have not told me where your great strength is. It came about that when she pressed him daily, she's pressing him daily with her words and urged him that his soul was annoyed to death. So he told, now, I, don't, I didn't say relate to that part. Don't get me in trouble here. Forget that part. It came about when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him that his soul was annoyed, annoyed to death. So he told her all that was in his heart and said to her, a razor has never come on my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaved, then my strength will leave me and I will become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all that was in his heart, she sent and called the Lord to the Philistines, saying, come up at once more. For he has told me all that was in his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She made him sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his hair. Then she began to afflict him and his strength left him. She says, the, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as, other, as at other times and shake myself free. Now, here's the key. But he did not know what? He did not know that the Lord, the Lord had departed from him. I want you to notice how the point here we've been making, it is crystal clear in this verse. Notice Again, how the source of Samson's strength was not found in his hair. It was not found in his long, beautiful hair. Instead, it was found in the Lord. The Lord was the reason why he was a great warrior. The Lord was the reason why he had so many successes in battle. As long as the Lord's hand was upon him, he found success. But when he broke his vow with God, and he told Delilah about his vow, and he allowed his hair to be cut, then the Bible says the Lord left him. Then the Lord's presence left him. Then the Lord's spirit left him. Then the Lord allowed him to be captured by the Philistines and humbled and brought low. For those of you not familiar with the story, if you go home and read the rest of Judges 16, you're going to see that after the Lord allowed Samson to be captured by the Philistines, some terrible things happened to him. He was blinded. They put his eyes out. They put him in prison. They put him in a, in a Philistine prison. 
He's now at the hands of his enemies. That's how far he failed because he broke his vow with God. That's how rock bottom he reached in his life. Because he lived a reckless and and really immoral life. And that's something that that I want our young people, our young people to really appreciate that. Will you really appreciate that young people? Well, you understand that when it comes to Samson, Samson had everything he needed to be successful and fulfill his purpose. He had godly parents like you have godly parents. He had fame. He had strength. Most importantly, he had God. He had the Lord in his life. He had the Lord to give him strength whenever he needed it. Samson had everything he needed to be successful in his life. But because he lived somewhat of an ungodly life, he never was able to reach his full potential. He never was really able to become all that God wanted him to become. His story is actually one of the most tragic stories in all the Bible. The question, though, is this. The question is, how can we avoid ending up like that? How can we avoid living a reckless life and suffering as a result? Well, I want to give you four things real fast, and then the lesson is going to be yours. How do we avoid becoming like Samson? The first thing we got to do is this. We got to avoid directing our own steps. We got to avoid directing our own steps. I mean, all you got to do is do a casual reading of the story of Samson in the book of Judges, and you'll see very clearly that he really didn't do a, a very good job listening to God, did he? He really didn't do a very good job allowing God to direct his steps. As we said earlier, Samson really lived a, a, a reckless life. I mean, in his story, we find him continually laying with harlots. And he had a temper that was out of control, and he refused to listen to the wisdom of his parents. And he told significant secrets to the enemies of God's people. He, he really lived a reckless life that was void of the wisdom of God. You see, had Samson just listened to God and put God first in his life and lived his life in bounds with the word of God, he would have been spared so many problems, wouldn't he? He could have avoided being captured by the Philistines. He could have avoided losing his sight. He could have avoided living in prison. Samson suffered because he didn't let God direct his steps. The question is, are we going to learn from his mistake? The question is, are we going to understand what Samson failed to understand? Are we going to understand that when we just listen to God and live in accordance to his will, not only will we be able to go to heaven, but we're also going to be able to avoid a lot of grief, heartache, and pain in this life. Remember what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 10, 23. Jeremiah says, it is not in man to direct his own steps. The implication of that is we need to let God direct our steps. We let God direct our steps by following his word. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 7 and verse 24. Jesus says the man who listens to his words and acts on them 
can be, can, can be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. If we're going to avoid being like Samson, then we need to avoid directing our own steps. And then secondly, secondly, we also need to avoid being full of pride. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, the Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Let me tell you something. I firmly believe with all my heart that the reason why Samson lived such a reckless life was because he got too full of pride. He got too full of pride in his life. He, he forgot that, that God was the source of his strength. He forgot that he needed God. He forgot that he was nothing without God, that without God, he was just an average Joe. Samson took for granted the spirit of God that constantly gave him these victories in his life. And we'll be wise to learn from his mistake. We'll be wise to always remember that no matter how successful we become in our lives, no matter how strong we think we are, we're never truly self-sufficient. We need God and we need God all the time. We need God and we need his word. We need God and his word to guide us in everything that we do. We can avoid being like Samson by avoiding pride. And we can also avoid becoming like Samson by avoiding surrendering to our weaknesses. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer out loud. Just think about it to yourself. What's your weakness? What's your weakness? Is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it money? Is it pride? Is it selfishness? Is your weakness always having to make life about you? Is it your children? Is it losing control of your temper? Is it lust? Is it the same as Samson? Constantly desiring to commit sexual immorality. Let me tell you something. I don't care who we are this morning. I don't care how long we've been Christians. We all have a weakness. We all have a weakness or weaknesses that the devil knows about and will try to exploit. But unlike Samson, we got to do our best to truly love God and never cave in to those weaknesses. We got to avoid surrendering to those temptations like Jesus did in Matthew chapter four when he was tempted by the devil. Whenever we find ourselves in moments of temptation, we got to always remember the scriptures. We got to quote the scriptures. We got to obey the scriptures. And, and most importantly, we need to trust the scriptures. We need to trust that God's way is the best way. While we all have weaknesses, that doesn't mean we have to surrender to them. We need to avoid surrendering to our weaknesses. And then finally, let me say this. We also need to avoid trying to fit in with the crowd. Remember, Samson was born to be a light in Israel during a very dark time, wasn't he? He was born to shine and rise up and be a righteous example for the people of God. He was born to be different from the wicked people of his day. But unfortunately, instead of being different, he was very much like them. He was very much like the people that he was to be an example for. And 
The question is, what about us? Are, are, are we going to? Are we going to be different than him? Are we going to also fail to be the lights that God has called us to be? Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 16? Do you remember that? Remember, Jesus said, let your light, talking about your Christian life, your life as a Christian. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may what? See your good works. And as a result of seeing how you live, that motivates them to want to glorify your father who's in heaven. Notice how, like Samson, God has also called us to stand out and stick out from the rest of the world. God has called us to also live lives that are above reproach and that are fully capable of exposing the sin in the world. That is what God has called me to do, and that's what God has called you to do. The question is, will we answer that call? Will we answer the call to shine? Will we answer the call to stick out and be different in the wicked world in which we live? Will we do what the Lord has told us to do or will we choose to walk in darkness like Samson did for the vast majority of his life? Samson's life was really a life of wasted potential. But let me just close by saying this, if I can, to be fair, to be fair to the whole story. Even though his life was one of wasted potential, it wasn't a total loss. Wasn't a total loss. If you go home and read the rest of his story in Judges 16, you're going to see that while in prison, Samson remembered God. While in a Philistine prison, he repented. He came to his senses. He called upon the Lord. He begged God to forgive him and remember him. And guess what? God being the merciful, loving, and gracious God that he is, he did those things. He heard his prayer and he forgave him. He forgave him and he blessed him on a day when the Philistines brought Samson out to make sport of him and mock him. And after his hair had finally grown back, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him again and after resting his arms between two pillars and pushing as hard as he could, with the strength that came from God, he was able to collapse the entire Colosseum. And he was able to kill more enemies of God's people that day than he had his entire life. He indeed committed a bunch of blunders in his life. But when he repented and came back to God, God forgave him. God came back into his life and God vindicated him. In fact, God even included him in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Samson's story is a tragic story, but it is also a story of vindication. It is also a story that shows us that, shows us that we serve a God who will remember his people and forgive them when they reach rock bottom. The question is, are you there this morning? Are you at rock bottom? Do you need God's forgiveness? Do you need to come back to the Lord? Because maybe you've been living a reckless life like Samson did. If that is your desire, if you need to be restored into a relationship with the Lord because you wandered away, or if you need to become a Christian for the first time through faith and repentance and baptism, whatever spiritual needs you have this morning, we would love to help you with that. And if we can, come to the front right now. Let's stand. Let's sing.